0: Today's episode of The Ringer NBA Show is brought to you by SeatGeek. SeatGeek is the best app for buying and selling tickets to sporting events, concerts, and more. For $20 off your first SeatGeek purchase on any game or sporting event, all you have to do is use the promo code RINGERNBA, download the SeatGeek app, or go right to SeatGeek.com. Group chat is also brought to you by TheRinger.com, conveniently enough. If you haven't noticed, we are in full March Madness season, so you can find a plethora of college basketball content to read on the site. Plus, there is an excellent featurette by our editor-at-large, Brian Curtis, on the rise of the online draft guru, which is a great read on a sports media phenomenon. Also, the Ringer Podcast Network is buzzing with college basketball fever. Pretty sure you've heard Titus and Tate on literally every show on our network, from House of Carbs to Draft Class to Against All Odds to Bill Simmons' podcast. And, of course, their own podcast, One Shining Podcast. And now, group chat. Basketball is very good. The Raptors are the best team in the East. Phil Jackson actually saved the Knicks.
1: Mark L. Foles will be an All-Star next year could call is very
0: good. Hello and welcome to group chat. My name is Chris Ryan. I'm joined by Haley O'Shaughnessy.
2: I'm a number one seed.
0: Congratulations, Thank Justin. You. Are you in the NIT? Shouts to Kemba, though. <laughs> <laughs> Justin Barrier's here. It's March Madness, which means the NBA is in somewhat of a, a hibernation state. You know, like I think that every, t- every year this sort of happens, the eyes of the sports world deviate from the NBA and concentrate fully on unpaid amateur athletes mm-hmm. as they strive to make it into the NBA. What's up with you, Haley? How you doing?
2: I'm good. Yeah? I'm a little upset because of a college basketball team that might have not made it to the NCAA tournament, but, you know, this is NBA group chat. Yeah. I'd rather just not talk about it, <laughs> talk about the NBA.
0: We want to start talking about what I'm referring to casually as the Reddit Super Bowl last night, which was Lakers... <laughs> Warriors. Just a really robust response to this game. This is kind of the fun part of the season where really only the true addicts come out. Mm -hmm. You don't really see a lot of people staying up late on the East Coast for Warriors Lakers without Steph, Clay, and Draymond and Kuzma and Ingram unless they really, really want to be there. And it was a fun game. Uh, The Warriors wind up winning 117-106. KD went for 26-5-5. What a weird Warriors team. But you loved it. I like watching Kevin Durant In full flight. And I think that for the first part of his career, that was obviously run through the Russ filter. And then since he's moved to the Warriors, he's been part of like this incredible machine. But I think that he has that capability to basically play like five positions at once. I mean, it's just so wild. He can switch on anyone. He can bring the ball up the court. He's an incredible rim protector. It kind of brings me to this first question I wanted to ask you guys. And I was playing around with this because I think the starting lineup was KD, Nick Young, Quinn Cook, Kevin Looney... And Zaza. My guy, Quinn Cook. Pelican's legend. I know. And now also apparently a Warriors glue guy. Yeah. Did like a new like real chemistry. I have a fun fact
2: about Quinn Cook. Let's hear it. He has more career starts than average points per game.
0: Wow. <laughs> Where'd you get that fact?
2: I just, I looked him up on Basketball Reference today. Wow. Just to see how, what he had last night. He's a
0: great guy. There was something the other day somebody was talking about like, like I think it was like Sam Bradford has more millions of dollars than he did touchdowns <laughs> or something like that. I believe it, yeah. <laughs> Me too. But I was starting to think about with these guys, with this really weird zombie Warriors team, which still managed to beat the Lakers. If you had to have one of like the all NBA, like superstars, That you would trust to win a basketball game with, say, the lower 15 or 20 percentile of NBA players. So basically what we saw with this Warriors team last night. Who would you pick to do that? Who's the guy who you think could win a basketball game with the basically bottom of the NBA barrel? Did
2: you also come up with this question by watching the Celtics game last night?
0: I didn't see the Celtics <laughs> game last night, but that was also like a weird zombie game, right? Where a Right, bunch the only were at- two
2: normal starters were Tatum and Aaron Baines, so basically Tatum.
0: Oh yeah, I did see Andrew Sharp, my buddy from old Grantland days, tweeting that if the Wizards lost to Aaron Baines, that he... Would do some bodily harm, it to took himself. a
2: double overtime for them to not lose the Boston's bench. <laughs> what
0: did Marcus Morris have like 30?
2: Yeah, it was insane. Yeah, he had and 31. then
0: Ter- Terry Rozier this ended up March. playing like, 50, yeah, 15 minutes. Terry Rozier had time. like 21, yeah. But uh, well, if you had to pick a superstar and then surround him with trash but still win an NBA game, who's the guy you'd pick? Well, this is kind of my
1: expertise. Yeah, I know. I've been in New Orleans for two years. (laughs) It's funny. Someone, I didn't tweet at all yesterday, like throughout the entire day. And yet some guy went and found me and tweeted at me and was like, this is basically what Anthony Davis has been doing for two years. Right. Now they haven't made the playoffs both of those two years. So I think that's important context. But I would probably say LeBron, and we're kind of getting to see it now. I mean, (laughs) his teammates are probably league average, so they're not Quinn Cook, Nick Young-esque, but he's the type of guy who can make a lot happen with less. Well,
0: I think it's pointed out on Twitter about some, I can't remember what the context was, but he did point out that LeBron did take Boobie Gibson and (laughs) a group of guys around Boobie Gibson's level to the finals. Yeah. So LeBron is definitely more than capable of it. So you would say LeBron. Yeah. Danielle Marshall. Key to right.
2: that team. <laughs> yeah. I'm also saying LeBron, and with the idea of KD doing it, I do think that definitely last night you could see like this is a guy who is going to make everyone better and not necessarily have to do it the Westbrook way because he took 19 shots last mm-hmm. night. He had 26 points. Where the couple of games before without Curry, he had 39, 40, and 37 points. But then last night he had 26. And the quotes after the game were like, "Yeah, he made us a lot better. Like he's doing the things that we needed him to do." But he's just a self-proclaimed not alpha. He doesn't want that role. He's not gonna come in and have that role every night. So I I wouldn't give it up to Kevin. He's
0: George Harrison. Like I think the like personality wise. Sure. Like I think he's much more like chill than you know I think it's Steph and Dre are John and Paul. These are Beatles by the way.
2: <laughs> I was like Who's Ringo in the scenario? Bible characters Who's oh, Ringo? Clay.
0: clay is Ringo for sure. Yeah. I think Draymond's Lennon and Steph is McCartney and Durant is George. That makes a lot of sense. And Clay is Ringo. Okay, these are just personality types. It's not necessarily. Yeah, no, yeah. I know. I just means-
2: <laughs> don't have anything to add. Are you into the Beatles? I know some of their music. Okay,
0: you listen to the White Album, like the chopped
1: and screwed version.
0: <laughs> 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 yeah, T
2: Pain does a cover. Yeah. I mean. um,
0: the reason why I think that he would be the best player to do it is because somebody like Steph ultimately needs a couple of guys around him who can shoot, right? Because he's not going to be able to get down low and get his own shot all the time. And part of what makes Steph good is like he attracts so much gravity from other from other parts of the court, but his ability to find people or turn the ball over, which is sometimes the case, to find other shooters is key to his his like value as a player. I love watching him play, but it's not like he could pull up from 35 although Davidson fans may disagree with me Davidson fans may be like have you ever heard of anybody else who went to Davidson on that team Steph would be the most fun person to do it Yeah, it would right. be like watching Colin Sexton play three and five because that's essentially what you're doing with right. Steph right I'm sure Russell Westbrook is listening to this right now and I'm <laughs> sure he's just like challenge accepted <laughs> Harden would be interesting too I know too. but
2: we've literally seen this yeah, exact that was last experiment year. Right. with Westbrook Yeah, Harden would be fun yeah, Just
1: because, like, I mean, they did a certain version of this last year where they basically just went out and overpaid shooters to be around him, yeah, right. I mean, you, you'd have to get guys a little bit better than Quinn Cook and, and some of these other ones, but like, he basically
0: operated an entire team for an entire season. Can I throw another guy out there who I'd like to see do this? And sometimes I, you can make the argument is doing it on some nights, sure, is, uh, Ben Simmons. Because physically, okay. well, not, not unlike the LeBron thing, like, he can't shoot, obviously, but. I do think that physically he poses a unique threat to the opposing defense. Mm. There's just not a lot of seven-foot guys who can move that quick and see the court that way. And he can do things underneath the rim that I don't think somebody like Steph can necessarily do on a consistent basis. Just a thought. Sure. Anybody else you want to nominate? Anybody else you want to say, I don't think they'd be good at this?
2: Well, I think I already said Russ. Yeah. Which he did get to the playoffs. So kudos. (laughs) But.
0: Andre Drummond.
2: Yeah, that's odd. well. I mean,
0: Blake. <laughs> Blake, yeah. Blake, couldn't do Blake it. could not do it. Yeah, let's talk a little bit about this Lakers team. They were without Kuzma and Ingram last night, but we haven't really spoken about them in a while. And in that time, they've like become pretty decent. Yeah. You know, they're twenty and nine since. The famous LeVar Ball saying that the team is quitting on Luke Walton piece, apparently. Mm -hmm. (laughs) They're 20-10 and now, I guess, probably. They've had a couple of guys have their moments this season. Like Kuzma, obviously. Kuzmania swept the nation earlier in the season. And now in the last, I don't know, like 15, 20 games, it seems like it's really been Julius Randle's moment. Which is convenient for Julius Randle because he's got a contract coming up. Yep. What timing? Um, Yeah, right. Convenient. And then last night, after he has this ESPN feature about how it's his moment, Isaiah Thomas tries to like put him back in the (laughs) young player box. (laughs) Didn't go well. Credit to Isaiah. Didn't seem like he was backing down even though he had, there was a slight reach advantage on Julius Randle's part. They got into it last night on the sideline. Have you been enjoying watching the Lakers recently?
2: Yeah, sure. They've actually been better in my eyes, than like the beginning of the season where watching them was like fun, but also you were like, Well, it's they're definitely still the Lakers. And with Isaiah Thomas, it's interesting to see those things still come out after like it went so badly in Cleveland when he like confronted Kevin Love. You know what I mean? And like kind of everyone was like, Well, you're the poison from this team. And then he comes to Lakers, he's doing the exact same thing. That's fun. I really enjoy watching Lonzo. It's so funny to go back to the beginning of a season and like listen to what we were saying about him what everyone was saying about him Mm. but Lonzo actually is really impressing me on defense too
0: am I missing the part of the internet where they're just really ethering Lonzo for a shooting
2: no like the niche basketball fans that you're talking about who are coming out now at this point in the season with March Madness going on are the ones who love Lonzo
1: Okay. It could be just a straw man, but there is this just belief that because Lonzo is such a lightning rod for everything, yeah, that he's just catching flat constantly. Like even just anecdotally, in in like our office, like people are ready to shit on Lonzo pretty readily.
0: I think that one thing I'd love for him not to do is take 11 eleven threes game. Sure, he's not good. Yeah. At it. <laughs> you know, or not yet. Or like least. one for eight last night, one for seven the game before that, one for six the game before that, one for eight the game before that. It's just like stop shooting so many threes. You can't make them. Yeah, he had
1: a moment. Yeah, and we've been talking about it where it seemed like he'd kind of. Course corrected to a certain degree, but he's kind of going right back to where he was before. So it seems like that was the outlier, the good shooting. Yeah, I would say
0: shooter shoot, except for him. I I mean, tell that to Ben. Yeah, but he doesn't shoot threes. That's
2: true. Yeah, he doesn't even. I
0: think he's not even attempted one. Yeah, he knows. Kind of of talking about
2: like shots in general.
0: Mm. Oh well, I mean, he does like a lot of weird runners in the lane and stuff, but most of his shots are like open baseline dunks. Mm.
2: (laughs) Who do you think could be the better shooter at the start of next season from deep, Ben or? Lonzo,
0: I'm not even joking at this point. I think that if you gave me good odds, I'd put money on Fultz.
2: He wasn't even in the question. Oh, I know.
0: <laughs> I'm not saying a guy who has missed all of this season because he destroyed his own shoulder and possibly mind with his shooting mechanics. I think might be a better shooter than Lonzo and Ben next season.
2: Are you saying that because you because I've in seen Fultz? iPhone
0: footage of him oh shooting God. without a hitch. I guess in theory,
1: like we've seen these other two guys be bad shooters, and we've never seen Markel Fultz shoot anything. And Except thus, in college, there is that whole thing. It's kind of like Michael Porter Jr. Like yeah. if he just
0: never played at all, maybe he could be the next LeBron. We don't know. I know. I know. I think it's like I mean, I, I at this point though, I mean, Lonzo also the thing that you know what everybody says is just that like the free throw shooting is always like a good indicator of your natural shooting ability, and Lonzo is. Is like a 40% free throw shooter this year, right?
1: Yeah, he's been fine. I do think about all of these guys in the context of like, will they fit next? To well, LeBron? Is, yeah,
0: well, this is where I wanted to go with okay. this, is because everybody has been getting, people have been getting pretty affectionate about the Lakers. And like we always say this, and I think it's a cliche, but it's true. Good Knicks teams, good Lakers teams, and good Celtics teams kind of excite the league. It gives the league a sense of like a connection to its past and a connection to its history. And I think everybody would love to see a Lakers team in the playoffs that wasn't like a Kobe zombie squad like this anymore. Next season, obviously, they're being linked heavily with LeBron, heavily with Paul George. To make that happen would require it to be a different team. And there's obviously also rumors that LeBron has zero interest in playing in the ball family circus here. So if you're a Lakers fan after this nice second half of the season, albeit beating some teams that are tanking, would you rather have Paul George and this core of guys, Kuzma, Ingram, Lonzo, maybe even re Julius, or LeBron and Paul George and whatever the bare minimum that you need to keep, keeping in mind that LeBron typically wants older players around him, and that might mean the end of Kuz or that might be the end of... Probably Lonzo, if not like guys like Josh Hart and ZJ and all these other guys. What do you think?
2: I think that if you're a Lakers fan, I would want LeBron because you have not won in such a long time after being like the team with the player, you know, for like a really long stint in the league. So you like really want to get back to winning. But you
0: immediately become the most fascinating experiment in basketball. Like immediately. Like everybody watches every Lakers game all of a sudden.
2: Sure. But people are going to watch them anyway. And especially if like Paul George comes and that's what I would say to do, not only because it makes the league more interesting, LeBron going somewhere else, but I think that this would really build up the team that they have now. And we've already seen so many of them improve like Ingram and Randall. And so that I think is better long term.
1: It kind of gets to the heart of the question with all these young Lakers players is like LeBron and Paul George are stars. They are bona fide all star caliber players every single time they step Mm -hmm. on the floor whereas we don't even know what these guys are yeah. on the Lakers still. I think there have been flashes and there have been like good signs. Julius Randle has played particularly well uh since the beginning of the new year, since the All-Star break, but at the same time, like are we sure it's not just empty stats? Are we sure that Lonzo Ball is going to be more than just like a ball mover and an occasional like good defender? Are we sure that Brandon Ingram can stay on the court because he's dealt with some injuries over this yeah. like, past couple games? And so it would obviously be great to have the two stars in there. But I think the bigger question is, even if they are there, what are these other guys? They have to play ancillary roles. And is Lonzo Ball the type of guy who could play off of LeBron if he can't shoot? Is Julius Randle, whose
0: shooting has come and gone, can he play off of those guys? Do you think that this is sort of an example? Because the Lakers obviously don't have their pick this year, this their first-round pick. So it's either going to go to Philly or Boston, depending on where it falls. And In all likelihood, it'll go to Philly now. Do you think that this is an example of sometimes, psychologically, the Lakers don't have to worry about, like, they can kind of play free. You know, they want to get these younger guys better. They can go out and compete every night. It's not bad for them to finish 10th in the West, although I'm sure they'd love to finish better. Is there something to this where it's better than, like, what the Magic, even though the Magic beat the Bucks last night, or the Magic or the Kings or the Mavs or the Suns are kind of faced with this almost a second half of the season of misery?
2: Yeah, because the Lakers history grants them this kind of allowance, but also I think for LA fans, Magic and Rob Palenka inherited what's going on now, but they changed ownership. So if they're like, oh, well, it's going to be different if they have a, a sign to like get them through the rest of the season. You know, they have a big summer coming up. They're going to be able to make room if they want to. So there is something to look forward to. And at the same time, you have a lot of young, exciting, promising players. Like you said, we're not sure, but it is fun to see the flashes from Kuzma, from Ingram, from Lonzo, mm-hmm. and now from Randall, who honestly, I th- always thought it was strange that they were like, this is the guy who we're going to trade. And maybe they haven't said that outright, right. Although I. Th- think that they might have hinted at that. I think he was but, in the
0: mix. It was like in the summer he was in the mix and then he became more of well, a... Well, that they didn't yeah. extend him. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah.
2: actually it's easier to look forward for them because A, you guys... Have the history, whereas like there's a lot of pressure on a team like the Magic. They're like, oh, we're awful again, yeah. crazy. And but with the Lakers, they have a future ahead of them.
1: Yeah, I think there's just a point where if you're going through your second cycle of tanking, and I know the Magic are in their also their second front office, you're starting to look at the whole Ponzi scheme. You're, you're starting to look at what the people were criticizing the Sixers and Sam Hinkie mm-hmm. for. But both Sam Hinkie and the Lakers, they actually nailed their picks. And they also, by the way, they tanked oh. properly. They didn't just finish with like the fifth pick or whatever. And so they have guys going forward. Now they also screwed up with D'Angelo Russell. That was a misevaluation or just an improper like development of him. Yeah. And now they're faced with the same thing. But it's good to see signs of certain things because at a certain point, like you can't just keep doing this,
0: especially if you're the Lakers and you're going to be on national TV regardless. Guys, I want to talk about Andrew Wiggins. But first, let's take a quick break to hear from our spot. Answers. Today's NBA group chat is brought to you by Yahoo Sports, Tony Pick'em. March is here, which means one thing. It is bracket time. Yahoo Sports Tony Pick'em is the best place to fill out your bracket all through their Yahoo Fantasy app. You can join a public group, you can create a group with your friends, or you can join Draymond Green's group for a shot at $25,000. And if you don't know college hoops, don't worry. You can choose one of the autofill brackets. You can pick coaches with the highest winning percentage. You can pick party schools. I know Arizona State is out, but Arizona is there. You can even totally rebel and pick the least popular picks. There is no wrong way to fill out a bracket in Yahoo's sports tourney pick them build your own bracket now at yahoo.com slash tourney 2018 i want to ask you guys a little bit because i want to talk about randall a little bit more and where what we think he could be but you know what's really interesting about him is his draft class you've got jabari you've got randall and gordon all top 10 picks from that 2014 class all not extended yeah. right and Bede is Embiid, and he's obviously at once a generational talent, but also you're just never sure if he's going to play, what, more than 50 games, right? And then you've got guys like Wiggins, who's been in the news a lot recently. We were going to get to him later, but I think we could talk about him now if we'd like. Like, Wiggins, who now we've got this really strange report out of Minnesota that Wiggins is unhappy as the third option behind Towns and Butler, which is weird because Butler's not playing right now. <laughs> and Wiggins is having a decent enough March. I think he's averaging like 28 game right now, Haley, right?
2: Since Butler's been gone. Or at
0: least in March, yeah. yeah like he's, last I mean, weeks. he's definitely
2: stepped up and taken more shots. But the Wiggins situation is interesting because I can understand why he would be upset. You went from two seasons as this guy who was doing whatever he wanted on offense and had to share with Carl, but Carl wasn't even in his position. And so it was like, I'm just going to do whatever I want on offense. I'm the guy. And then he also got paid a maximum contract. So Mm -hmm. if that doesn't allude to, yeah, they're confident in me being the guy, then, you know, I, he could be like getting mixed signals. But at the same time, Megan Schuster said this on Slack and she's absolutely right. If you don't want to be the third option, you have to not play like a third option every night. And even last year and the year before, like he's so passive sometimes on offense and then most of the time on defense. If you're that passive, I don't know how you're expecting people to go to you more. And also, he's not a great assist guy. He's not a great, like, let me make other people mm-hmm. better type of player. So I don't think he can fit that role that he wants to fit.
0: There's always been something around his role at the Wolves. There was that whole thing when Glenn Taylor was like, I want to give this guy the, the contract that he wants, but he has to show me that he, he wants just, it. Kind he of to, like, he yeah. was
2: like, you come here. It was like this long standoff with his contract this summer. And Glenn was basically like, I have to wait and shake his hand in person, yeah. and make sure that Look he tells me he's going to try. Mo-
0: like, see if he was properly motivated. There was a weird play, like, the other night that was very, I think, indicative of Wiggins. Is where he, it was against the Wizards, and I think it might have been actually towards the end of the game, but Wiggins, like, split a double team, and you're like, oh, and he's, like, slashing towards the rim, and you're just like, this guy is, like, really, really, really upper echelon, like, athletics, athletic slasher. Maple Jordan. And then he <laughs> just passes it off to Buleka, which is fine, but it's like you're the guy, man. Like, throw it down. Like, don't go for a weird corner three here. I mean, I can't remember what the score of the situation was, so I don't want to, like, misconstrue it. But it was, like, one of those times where I'm like, you have all the tools to be the person you think you are, yet there's this thing that happens at the last second where you're like, let me give it off to Jeff Teague. I
2: think that that actually is unusual. An unusual situation in two aspects. First of all, Bielitsa has been really good filling mm-hmm. in into the lineup um, and them shifting while Jimmy's been out. Mm-hmm. And he was also hot that game, if I'm not mistaken, okay. if you are talking about the Wizards game. I am. Yeah. Um, And the other thing is that if Wiggins is going to drive to the basket, if he's going to do a little ISO, he rarely passes it out. That's just <laughs> not his move. So I do think that that's unusual. But what you're saying about like, you're the guy like that. That's like one fourth of his Yes, yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like he shows up and it's a good Wiggins game and we're like, oh, like, this is him. This is what he could be. The problem is, is like, he's not that guy all the time.
1: Yeah, I spent some time with him right before the draft Mm because ESPN had this, like, photo shoot thing I went to and I, I had to do something for it. And he was, like, headstrong, but really passive. You're right. He was very tame, and I feel like that's kind of borne out over the course of his career. But like Haley's saying, I think if you're a wing in today's NBA, I just don't think you can be just a scorer. You can't just yeah. be like 2005 Ricky Davis. Like you have to be able to get guys involved. And it's an interesting parallel to in, in juxtaposition with Jimmy Butler because Jimmy is just doing so much for this team. Whereas Wiggins can almost like his, his – Duties were streamlined and it still wasn't working. He still wasn't scoring efficiently. He still wasn't making the extra pass. He still wasn't getting down low and like rebounding with some of these guys, which is what his athleticism kind of like points to. You should be able to make those effort plays because you're just so much bouncier and better than all these guys. And he just doesn't do that. And so it's almost like he's he's so concerned with the superstar aspects. Yeah. But he doesn't realize that the, the like the dirty work is what makes someone a superstar.
0: Yeah, and this fourteen draft class is really strange because I think that there's a couple of guys like that in there, mm-hmm. like Aaron Gordon. Where you're like you have all the tools. Now, granted, like Aaron Gordon's been in a really like I think probably like detrimental situation in Orlando where you have that kind of coaching and front office upheaval and like a lot of trades and like you've been playing with a point guard who can't shoot. So this floor doesn't get spaced right. He only in last season has turned into an outside threat so that that adds a whole other element of his game. But you go through this list of guys and it's a lot of like, I still don't know, or, you know, it never happened or what if Wiggins, we were just talking about Aaron Gordon. We were just talking about Exum, just battling injuries throughout his career. Smart. Who's kind of had, I know he's a folk hero in Boston, but you know, This has been like a really tough post All-Star break second half of the season for him between the... Punching the glass and now that like this finger problem that might keep him out of the playoffs. Yeah.
2: I want to just ask, do we ever find out what was on the picture <laughs> that he punched like, was, I, it,
1: <laughs> was it a mirror or was it like just a, a portion? John or, Wall. Yeah. <laughs> it was a picture of John Wall.
0: Smart Randall, we've talked about being up for, you know, he didn't get signed an extension. Now he's gonna be hitting the market. Stauskas, Stauskas, Stauskas? <laughs> Von Lane never turned into the stretch four god that people thought he would be. Right. Alfred Payton on the Suns, like kind of like out there in the desert. He'll also, I think, be up for free agency this season, correct? McDermott bouncing around the league. Sharich, awesome as like a third or fourth guy. But like, you know, Zach Levine, injuries on his second team. And
2: was feeling the same thing that Wiggins was feeling last year. Yeah, I
0: mean, you could make an argument that the two or three most consistent guys in this draft after Embiid, and I guess Wiggins, but Wiggins comes along with all that number one pick stuff, are Nurkic and Jokic. You know Mm. what? And Gary Harris. I would
2: actually disagree with you and say Clint Capella.
0: Oh, interesting. Down it. Yeah. Okay, 25. so but let me ask you if it's Clint is cool. on the magic, like, what do we?
2: We don't know. You're right. We actually don't know. Because y- Jokic to me is of... fascinating
0: because Jokic is that. Like, Jokic, if Jokic was on any team, I think hopefully a coach would be like, well, I just got to give this guy the ball in the high post every possession and just watch him be basically friggin' Jason Kidd in a seven foot two body or whatever. But I see what you're saying. Capella's turned into this awesome player, but I have no idea what Capella looks like. Yeah, he's very much a a
2: beneficiary of the situation he's in.
0: But yeah, this is like a lot of guys, Rodney Hood, up and down, second team. You know, Shabazz finally coming good on Portland, but probably going to be Jameer Nelson for the rest of his career, right? That hurts. I'm sorry. (laughs) I just find this this class to be kind of fascinating. I mean, Kyle Anderson, again, not extended, probably going to do pretty well for himself in this offseason because he's gotten way more usage without Kawhi. In a weird way, he's like a big beneficiary of Kawhi being out. Fascinating mm-hmm. class.
1: Yeah, Josh Eustace was that weird experiment yeah. that the Thunder had with oh, the Oh, yeah, G- that's right.
0: Where they were like... And they could have drafted... With Eustace, they could have had Kyle Anderson. They could have had KJ McDaniels. I remember people were killing them for not drafting KJ McDaniels right. that season. Whoops. Uh, you know, <laughs> G-Rob3, Jeremy Grant, guys who are basically role players. But, you know, Jokic and Nurkic and Gary Harris wound up being three of the most consistent, at least, contributors in this in this class.
1: Yeah, the Nuggets have done a really good job of just, like, picking from low and, and like, being early on these international guys. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> now, having said that, they're probably not going to make the playoffs.
0: I know. We're going to talk about another player from this class and another team that's trying to figure out what they are as they hit the postseason after a quick word from our sponsors. Today's NBA group chat is brought to you by Coca-Cola and Powerade. If you're into sports, then it's your favorite time of year. It's the NCAA March Madness. With so many games, you never know what's going to happen. That's why you need to be ready for whatever the next round brings and make sure your fridge isn't empty by the half. Swing by Walmart before every round and stock up on Coca-Cola, Coke Zero Sugar and Powerade before the next one tips off you'll practically be able to fly to the moon if you do that I recommend it highly Coca-Cola is the official fan refreshment of the NCAA be ready to watch all the games by picking up Coca-Cola and Powerade all tournament long I know that personally I don't have a dog in this fight this year you know I'm a Temple guy Temple didn't make the tournament Justin's a UConn guy UConn didn't make the tournament what Justin and I do is we get together we get a ton of Powerade we get a ton of Coca-Cola and we watch for the NBA draft. We're watching for Trey Young. Mm-hmm. We're watching for DeAndre Ayton. What are you watching for? Who's the guy you are looking for? Colin Sexton. New Kemba. Bama. Yes. Well, I love it. That's what Justin and I like to do. I'm sure you guys, if you have a team that's still in this fight, you're just going to be glued to the television the whole time. The NCAA March Madness, it's not just about one game. It's a whole tournament. So make sure you're ready. Refresh every round by heading to Walmart, picking up Coca-Cola, Coke, Zero Sugar, and Powerade. NBA group chat is also brought to you by the homies at Hotel Tonight. Fun fact, unlike flights or other travel, hotel rates actually get cheaper at the last minute. In fact, Hotel Tonight partners with awesome hotels to help them sell their unsold rooms, which means you get amazing deals. All it takes is 10 seconds, just three taps and a swipe to book a room. No long, endless lists of a zillion hotel choices. Hotel Tonight only shows you the best deals at the best hotels. It's perfect for if you're busy or you don't want to overthink things. I might be three tapping and a swiping for a little beach steak this weekend who knows sounds nice you can book up to 100 days in advance in top destinations and up to a week in advance everywhere else book next week tonight book next month tonight if you're a student book your spring break trip lake havasu tonight it's great for last minute getaways or a quick staycation whether you're a planner or like to leave things to the very last minute and with the hotel tonight ht perks program the more you book the better the deals get so start scoring amazing deals at incredible hotels and download the hotel tonight app now all right, guys, we're back. I want to talk a little bit about the Bucs. This is a very odd season because they started out, they had an MVP candidate, if not an MVP favorite after the first like 30, 40 games or whatever. We wrote about Giannis three times a week in the, in the first half of the season. And they made some win-now moves in terms of getting Bledsoe. They also fired their coach. And they didn't go get like a big name after that. They went and just promoted an assistant, made him the coach the rest of the season. They've been in and around as high as the third seed for a while, right? Mm-hmm. And now they are in eighth, and it is only by the grace of the Detroit Pistons that they are not struggling to stay in the postseason. They're 3-7 and seven in the last 10. They lost to a team in Orlando that is actively trying not to win.
2: Not only that, we have to say this. Orlando flew in on game day. Yeah. They arrived at 2.36 in the morning. The night before, they had a vicious beatdown. By the Spurs, Mm -hmm. vicious, vicious. They were returning from a ten-day road trip in which they went zero and five. (laughs) All of that, they came in and did this to the Bucks. Yeah. That's atrocious. And
1: let's just go over their starting lineup real quick. DJ Augustin, Jonathan Isaac, Jonathan Simmons, Mario Hazonia, the God, and Nikola Vucevic. <laughs> and
0: let's talk about that starting lineup because they helped the Magic jump all over the Bucks, 36-20 in the first quarter. And this is, BrewHoop has like a pretty cool article about this. I think it was from a couple days ago, before this Magic game even, where it's just like the the Bucks are getting smoked in a quarter per game. Like, there's a quarter where they just are not there. And there's a lot of cool stuff in this piece. I can give it to Isaac to put in the show notes. But it's basically about, like, you know, whether it's the starters who are getting jumped on or the, the bench players and it's happening in the first and third quarter. But this first quarter against the Magic was an interesting in- example because you could tell they just took their foot off the gas at a certain point. Like, they kind of get the game going and it's set back and forth. Not great body language, honestly, like, across the board.
2: Oh, terrible body terrible language.
0: Terrible. Like, even Giannis, like, like who is still putting up great numbers and I think is the only reason. Like, I think that they're their on off numbers with Giannis are astounding right. in Giannis's favor. But even him, just like a lot of like every time a magic basket would go in, his shoulders would drop and his head would go down. I think that's
2: went. a product of realizing where his team is. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And the fact that like going forward,
1: like what can they do to fix this? I don't know. And yeah, this is what so I want to talk about. I think
2: so much of it is like wanting to play. Like we we're talking about their defense and how awful. It looked in the first quarter. I mean, it helps that like Simmons was on. He was having a good night, but at the same time, like they could have any shot they wanted. yeah, And they did. Yeah. Clearly it was 36-20 at the end of the first quarter.
0: So they're three and seven in their last 10 and they are nine and nine since Jabari Parker came back on, I think, February 2nd. Their numbers with Parker on the team are are pretty mediocre. They're like, they're fine. They're about nine and nine that they're like the numbers you'd expect from a nine and nine team. On off numbers are almost uniformly better with Parker off the court. Now, granted, like he's probably playing with second unit players and everything, but Mm -hmm. they're not going to have to worry about this much longer. They're not going to re-sign Parker. They didn't extend Parker. I don't think Parker really wants to play there by all accounts. I don't know if you've heard otherwise. No, I just, I wonder what his next contract is even going to look like. I do too. I wonder whether, I mean, the problem with him is that a guy like Aaron Gordon or a guy like Julius Randle, if you're Randle, like you could even be like, you know what, maybe I'll sound like a one and one or two-or-three-year deal with the Lakers and mm-hmm. then be up again for free agency in my prime. But with Parker, with these two knee injuries... Like he's gonna have to hope he can find somebody who can give him like a five year deal, right? Yeah. Randall has the foot thing that he had earlier in season two. True. So
1: it's gonna be fascinating because I think he does. Contribute. I mean, Gordon's
0: Gordon's had injuries too. Yeah. Gordon, it's true. Too.
1: Yeah. I, I just think Parker contributes to their biggest flaw, which is on the defensive side. I think Everything we said about Jason Kidd was like, what is he doing with these defensive schemes? Why is he so aggressive? And they got rid of him and they played better for a while. But we look at it here and over the past couple of games, they've just been getting blown out on that end. 126 points to a team like the Magic <laughs> yeah. is, is just incredible. And I wonder how they fixed that. Just because they brought in Eric Bledsoe, a guy who you would assume would be able to help on that end. Jabari is just not that type of guy. Chris Middleton. It's just like a lot of the pieces don't really fit together. Yeah. And they've sacrificed picks. They've sacrificed cap room. And now they're in like this weird middle state where they're they're in the Anthony Davis zone way too soon.
0: Yeah. So this is what I wanted to ask is typically with, let's say, like LeBron, right? Like LeBron, Russ, Harden, whoever you want to take from the upper part of the league, the be- the best players in the league, they're known quantities, and we have enough tape and numbers and anecdotal evidence to talk about who plays well with LeBron, who doesn't. Who plays well with James Harden, who doesn't. What does Russell Westbrook need? A bunch of guys, like, standing to the side and applauding him when he gets triple-double, I guess. <laughs> Whatever, but, like, th- what, like, we know what these guys need. With the unicorns, with... Anthony Davis, although I think we know what Anthony Davis needs, he's a four-shooters. But with Giannis, who is still, almost every game growing, changing, evolving, showing off his pros and cons of his game, we don't know what he needs as a complementary player. And it's not Parker, maybe, but this goes back to what we were talking about With Wiggins, where it's like these young guys who come into the league at the same time. And I'm actually thinking about this in terms of the Sixers, too, Mm. where they're having a great season. But we don't know that Embiid and Simmons are like perfectly complementary players. Right. And like even let's say Fultz was better than Malik Monk this year, but not God, not Donovan Mitchell. We don't know like how that all would have fit together. It's very telling to me that the Sixers are having some success playing like Ilyasova and Bellinelli and all these veterans who are just kind of like, I know what to do. I, I know my lane here. I'm not going to like overstep what I am. With somebody like Wiggins, right? We've, we can go back to the Bucks in a second. Does he know who he's supposed to play alongside?
2: Well, I think that that's part of the reason that he was so upset when this quote came out and Butler was gone because the quote included he's the third guy behind Butler and Towns even though he wasn't playing with Butler at the time is that when Jimmy's out he's realizing he's still not the guy. It's still Carl Anthony Towns and it absolutely should be. I'm someone and I think you've said this before who has kind of criticized Kat sometimes for like grabbing empty boards like you know getting things getting high these like crazy stat lines because things come to him but he is absolutely closed fourth quarters for the Wolves. Mm -hmm. And for a Wolves team who lost the veteran that was supposed to be doing that.
0: He was the guy against the Wizards. Exactly, Yeah.
2: yeah. He did that against the Warriors as well. So I think that that's kind of what's fueling Wiggins. And I think that what Wiggins wants is to be surrounded by guys who will shoot but also give him the ball regularly and mm-hmm. let him do his thing. But I'm not sure that's the recipe for a successful team. I don't team.
1: even
0: know if that team exists.
1: Yeah. And I guess with the Bucks, there isn't that sort of hierarchy problem. We all know that it's Giannis, right? It's so all about what pieces go around him. I think they made the right bets to a certain degree. Middleton makes a lot of sense there. Thon Maker in a vacuum makes a lot mm-hmm. of sense there. It just seems like everyone is always in a rush in order to take advantage of these like growing superstars. Uh, obviously, Davis is the the prime example. And like you said, we don't know what Giannis is going to be. He's still figuring out his shot. And I would argue right now is his adjustment period where he's taking a lot of mid-range jumpers, mm-hmm. trying
0: to figure out what he can do on that end. It might also be people getting tape on him and being like, let's keep him there. Yeah. Let him take that 15-footer and live or die off that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I, I guess if you're being an optimist, you could say that a lot of the moves that they've made this season don't really screw them up too long. Like they don't have to re-sign Eric Bledsoe. They could let Jabari Parker walk. They can let Henson expire in two years. But it just seems like from an ownership front office side, there isn't this disability there that they used to have. You don't know if they're going to hit on the same sort of picks like John uh, Hammond did back in the day. And you wonder if this is what they're doing in season, what are they going to do in the off season? It's, it's just so, yeah. it's like way too sad too soon.
2: It's so interesting because even at the beginning of the year, we were like, the Bucks have drafted their way to being this team with a lot of potential success and even the bloodstone move seemed like it made a lot of sense at the time Mm -hmm. and so it's just interesting how the script has flipped so much by the end of the season and Chris it kind of goes back to what you were saying about we don't know what these unicorns need to be surrounded with to you know have ultimate success where it's like Giannis is clearly the first guy
0: yeah there are certain guys like I feel more confident that Porzingis can play with almost anyone It's not that I don't think Giannis can play with anyone. I just don't even know like what you do to
2: what makes him the best?
0: Giannis, you know what I right. mean. Like Giannis is a force of nature, and he's he can be so many different guys. He can be Karl Malone and Magic Johnson, you know, like in any given quarter, in any given possession, he can do that. But what what does he need around him? And maybe what he needs is just shooting. Maybe like that's what the answer. With all these guys needs is just get as many shooters as you can, and let the rest work itself out. I don't know. That might that might very well be what the modern NBA asks.
1: Yeah, and I think that's the problem with all these unicorns is that they're so versatile. It creates problems, like maybe not in the second or third chair, but like. That fifth chair, where you almost need someone just as versatile to be next to him. Yeah. Whereas, like, so unlike Anthony Davis, who's more of a, a traditional big man in air quotes, Giannis is probably more of a guard on offense who can't shoot. He's probably more Ben Simmons than yeah. Davis from a skill set standpoint. And so, you almost want to pair him naturally with a center simply because you need someone on the block, someone who could do some dirty work. But on the other end of the court, that's the complete opposite. You can't get that guy to do that.
2: Yeah. Imagine like subbing in the Rockets role players. On a team with Giannis, that seems like it would be absolute success. But then again, you could say that with every team because the Rockets' role players are so talented and can also shoot so well. And
0: I think also maybe in the flow of the offense, like would Giannis be treated basically like the Capella roller? What would he be on that Rockets team? Because the one thing about that Rockets team, with the exception of... I mean, Chris Paul's a pretty good three-point shooter. So you basically have like all these guys surrounding Capella. Giannis' three-point shot and a couple of these guys who are sort of still learning to shoot... You don't really know what they are until they can they can figure that out. You're right about the Bucks going forward though. This they're on the hook, like nineteen million for Delhi and Henson next year. Like that's that's brutal. Like it's twenty nine million for Delhi, Henson, and Snell. Oof. And they just lost Teletovich. Yeah.
1: I think he's just like an injury wash and they might get an exception for him. But other than that, it's like, what are we doing here?
0: Yeah. It'll be interesting to see what happens with them next year. All right. So we'll be back next Thursday to give you more group chat until then for Haley and Justin, take care. Basketball is very good. Basketball is very good.